Welcome to the Casting the Net podcast, where New York's fishers of men, your parish priests, will share the joy of the priesthood by telling our vocation stories. We hope that you'll be encouraged and inspired by hearing how Jesus has called each of us, like St. Peter, to cast aside the nets of our old lives, to follow him, and to cast a new net into the deep for a miraculous catch, drawing souls to the shores of salvation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Casting the Net, a new podcast by the Archdiocese of New York Vocations Office. I'm Father Michael Connolly, a priest ordained in 2018 on May 26th, the Feast of St. Philip Neri. And uh, I'm joined today by not only our vocations director, Father George Sears, but by the Archbishop of New York himself, His Eminence Timothy Michael Cardinal Dolan. Cardinal Dolan, thank you so much for your time, for your your encouragement, and thank you for ordaining me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't regret that at all, Father Michael, and I'm the one who's grateful, and grateful to you and Father Sears, and thanks for taking the uh, our just vigorous program of promoting vocations to the priesthood seriously. Oh, thank you. And I'm honored to be the leadoff batter. Oh, it's great. So it's it's been three years, really, of of great joy for me. Uh, That's such a short time, I know, but even with yeah. all the challenges of the last few years, I'm glad you enjoy the priesthood it. has I'm been sure such. Letters from your people that might well never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to them. No. Uh, your Eminence. So this this uh, podcast is kind of an idea born out of um, a larger initiative that that you have um, instituted this year for the vocations office. Whereas in the past we've had one priest who would serve as the vocations director. Right. We've got a now bit of an army now. Yeah. So yeah. would you would you share with us just a little bit about about what's going on now for yeah, vocations? Yeah, see, here's what we know, the wisdom, <clears throat> the wisdom of those who are uh, in vocation work, and we've got great ones here and have in the past, is that the real, um, the real genius is one-on-one contact with a the priest. There's not too many priests that will not point to the direct benign influence of a priest on their vocation stories. So we thought, you know what? Instead of having a full-time priest, which we don't have the luxury of releasing one, hint, hint, we need more priests. I thought, why don't I ask Father George Sears, who's got a stellar uh, uh, pedigree and work with uh, farming priests, if he would gather a team in the different areas of the archdiocese where he could direct young men to. And we'll see how that works mm-hmm. because more than ads and more than uh, sweatshirts and more than right. coffee mugs uh, and more than showing up at mass, all of those are important when our, some of our priests go to mass and talk about it or showing up at our schools. It's that one-on-one contact. And then of course, it's the uh, spark of the priest to bring a young man in contact with Jesus, not with not just with himself. Usually a young man is. I mean, if he said, hey, you know what? I kind of have this little hint about the priesthood in my life. Well, odds are that young man has been in a bit of contact with Jesus. It, it might have been a primitive way, but he's already kind of talked to the Lord. Hmm. And he's already saying, boy, Lord, I wonder why I constantly 
have these uh, tantalizing visions of maybe serving you as your church, you and your church and with my life as a priest. So that's sort of the wisdom of it. It's working in other dioceses. I'm told we used to have it in the Archdiocese of New York about a quarter century ago. And it worked then, so we'll see how it goes. Well, so far, so good. If if uh, I might say so, we, we're having a great time in Dutchess County um, with a, a great group of young men who are thinking about the priesthood. Isn't that and good? Myself and Father John Wilson, Father John Tveit, and uh, these to wonderful and young Father men. Father George Sears is with uh, us now, and he tells me he's he took a break from a retreat to 18 mm, young men who, at St. Joseph's right. Seminary. What? How old are they, Father George? Would they be college? Would they be high school? So they are. They are some college men, but they range up in age until about thirty. Okay. So they're they're about eighteen to thirty year olds. Okay, this good. Good way to go. Yeah. And boy, you figure if a young man gives up two or three days of his Christmas break, that's pretty. That's a pretty good indication, you know it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And so, Eminence, this this podcast would our is this an audio or just uh, are, are do they see me as well? They don't see you. Oh, this, good. Is, this is just okay, audio. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our, our thought is... God, I wouldn't have gotten dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> our thinking here is, you know, there's, there's so much uh, richness in just simply the vocation story. You know, it was something that in seminary I always enjoyed hearing my brother seminarians and especially yeah. the, the priests on the faculty yeah. share, how did you hear God call you to be a priest? And um, it's something that can go untold because you get busy and you get, dive mm -hmm. into your work and all that, but um, kind of that, that origin story, if you will, maybe part of the reason all these superhero movies are so popular now and, yeah. you know, seeing the origin of, of these heroes. And for me, that's what the priests in my life have been, my heroes and mm -hmm. hearing about how they heard that call and, it, it, it's been a powerful way to share the joy of the priesthood I've found. And so our hope is to simply invite priests of the Archdiocese of New York to, to share with us that story. Um, and today, who, who better to start with than you? Oh, we're so, you grateful, so grateful you for your time. Now, is this going to be a mini series with my story or no? It just, <laughs> I just got 20 minutes or so. I'm happy to share it, Father Michael. Thank Thanks you. for asking. I got a couple a couple of caveats, you know, okay. that's a fancy word for scares or reservations. Number one, when you ask a priest to share his vocation stories, his story, we got to be careful. It's really the Lord's story. Of course. The Lord has a story. He has a narrative. He has a plan for all of us, right? Our job in life is to discern that and to plug into it. We ain't going to be happy if we don't live the kind of life that our Lord mm -hmm. has planned for it. Now, the three of us have discerned that he kind of wants us to be priests, but that's very important because the right. initiative is always the Lord's, right? Oh, yes. It's not so much like a guy looking through one ads and saying, oh, that sounds <laughs> nice. I think I'll be that. No, we detect a call, a, a whisper from the Lord, which is the Latin word for call is a vocation. Okay, that's where the word com comes from. So that's my first caveat. Secondly, too, you know how very often we, we would ask the same story to married couples. How did you two meet? How did you decide? And they'll start giggling hmm. at, because as they look back, some of it seems so kind of like simple and some of it seems kind of carny. And, but yet they're saying, that's where the Lord was sending me these graces, these impulses to fall in love with you. Hmm. 
you know, I can remember seeing you when you were work, working at uh, at Walgreens or something. I'm saying, wow, is she ever nice looking? Is look at that smile. I'd sure like to get to know her. Those are kind of funny things. And it's the same with the priesthood. When we look back, there's like little kind of simple uh carny things that you're thinking, wow, Jesus was tapping me on the shoulder. So that's my second uh, kind of caveat or apprehension. Uh-oh, some of this might, might sound a little crazy. Uh, and my third one is this, and this is very important because, see, I can't really remember a time in my life that I wasn't fascinated by the priesthood. Hmm. And I'm a little reluctant to say that because right now, people kindly listening to this, a young man, I'm worried saying, well, I sure didn't want to be a priest when I was four years old. So right. let me click this off because this isn't for me. No, right. I'm I'm admitting to you, <clears throat> not that I'm extraordinary, but a guy wanting, a guy with a fascination, a flirtation with the priesthood from the moment that he can begin to remember things um, is rare. So don't be put off when I'm sharing my story. But it is very true. Father Michael, when I was, uh, I was very close to my grandma, my mom, both grandmas, but my mom's mom, who I called Nani Lou, Lucille was her name. And I would often spend a weekends with her. And we'd always go to mass at St. James, the greater parish in a section of St. Louis. It's my hometown called Dogtown. And I love going to mass with her. Well, for one good thing, we always stopped at the bakery on the way home. But I can remember always finding going into church to be very kind of exhilarating. I'd always get to light a candle. We'd walk around and look at the statues. I was only three or four. But, um, and then I can remember being fascinated with the mass and with the priest. And I, I can remember saying, Nani, who's that? As the priest walked out and she said, oh, honey, that's the priest. And I said, oh, I want to be a priest. Now, look, that's no thunder and lightning, because I'm sure on the way home when the fire truck passed, I said, Nani, I want to be a fireman. So that was that was hardly definitive. But I only, as I look back, I kind of think, uh, like the prophets of the Old Testament, we can detect the Lord's whispers to us from the beginning. Okay, so now I was raised in a great family, a wonderful Catholic family. They were not, my family was not what you'd call uber-Catholics you know, Shiite Catholics, they were just kind of meat and potato. They took their faith very seriously. And when I would begin to say, oh, mom and dad, I might want to be a priest, they were very affirming. They would say, oh, Tim, whatever you decide to do, we're going to love you. But uh, boy, that'd be great if you were a priest. Mm -hmm. So there was no pressure. There was no. And even as a kid, when I would play mass, which I would often do, you know, they you did kinda, that too, huh? Yeah. They kind of, <laughs> uh, my dad would keep the collection, but I, I, I played them and they would like, they, they would love that. Okay. So sure. what I'm saying is there's this thread through the childhood, my grandma, um, my family, and then I cannot underestimate the power of my parish. So I grew up in a wonderful parish, Holy Infant Parish in Baldwin, Missouri, which is now suburbs of St. Louis. Back then, it was kind of more of a small country town. We moved there when I was four in 1954, and the parish had just been founded. So we kind of grew up with the parish, and it was a wonderful neighborhood. My house was a block from the parish, and it was kind of on my block uh, of 10 houses. Seven were Catholic. And it was kind of, you know, so, and and then that's the, the, uh, the parish itself, the priests 
I can remember Father Schwegel, the founding pastor, who was a great outdoorsman. He kind of built a lot of the church. I still mm. have the crucifix that he himself carved. Uh, and he, he tra very tragically, he, because he had diabetes, he got he lost his vision and he was oh. blind. And by that time, he had left the parish. Father Callahan, who came, Father Schrode, the assistant there, Father Schilly. The, the priests were extraordinarily good, uh, kind of, we loved them. And I loved the, I, I just loved what they did, you know, and, and, and then, oh my God in heaven, I cannot underestimate the, the tremendous impact of the sisters who taught in the grade school. Now we were blessed in that at Holy Infant, they brought over uh, uh, sisters of Mercy from Drogheda, Ireland. Mm. So these wonderful Irish sisters who are women of joy and learning and holiness, as I look back and as I think of them, just the warmth which, with which they spoke of Jesus, the stories they told us, the religion they taught, the introduction to the, to the church's seasons, the celebrations of, of the feast days, the sacraments, it was very warm. It was always uh, very embracing. And I would often say I'd like to be a priest. And they, of course, would encourage me highly. Mm -hmm. Never any pressure and never any kind of put me. I mean, I was like anybody else. I like to, you know, play sports. And, and I'm sure there were times I can remember saying, boy, I'd like to be a St. Louis Cardinal one day. But um, so that was kind of that, that atmosphere. I've often used the term a culture of vocations. That back then, so we're talking about the 50s through the mid-60s, if a, if a boy said, I think I want to be a priest, family, neighbors, teachers, priests in the parish would say, way to go. Boy, we hope that works out. There would be an affirming. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid we've lost a bit of that. And that's, that's a, right. a, a challenge today to us that perhaps we, we need to talk about later in our strategy but that was it for me and, and then i so what happened my the pastor father callahan said well tim if you want to be a priest i'm going to take you to see the seminary now we had a high school seminary st louis prep seminary it wasn't a boarding school it was a day school and we went and so when i was in eighth grade when it came time to take the entrance exam i took the uh, entrance exam what we call the prep st louis preparatory seminary the prep Passed and I went in for great years of high school, coming and going, still had kind of a normal teenage life, but excellent education. And again, sort of a subtle priestly formation there, daily mass, uh, some type of spiritual direction, sacrament of penance. You were with men that were thinking about the priesthood. Naturally, went on then to Cardinal Glennon College, which was the college seminary of the Archdiocese of. Uh, of St. Louis, once again, a warmth, an, uh, uh, an affirmation, good preparation, good intellectual preparation, a lot of fun, made uh, great, uh, great friends. Um, and all, and you know, what's interesting, I can remember every summer, I can remember sometime during the summer, and I'm sure mom and dad had set it up, my dad, uh, it was usually after supper, and we'd be sitting out, he'd be having a pell-mell, and a, we'd be listening to the Cardinal game. And he said, well, Tim, what's it going to be? Are you going to go back to the seminary next year? And I said, yeah, Dad, I'm really happy. I think I'm on the right track. And he said, well, you know, we're very proud of you if you became a priest. He said, you know, we'd be very proud of you if you became a garbage man. 
So he says, I just hope you're doing it freely. And I hope you, mm. and if you ever want to leave, your mom and I aren't going to be disappointed. I appreciated that. Yeah. Because there was no pressure. There was a great affirmation and all. And then, of course, as you probably know, when I, after college seminary, my Archbishop in St. Louis sent me for my last four years of preparation to the North American College in Rome. And then I was ordained in uh, on June 19th, 1976. So there's sort of the vocation story. That was honed along the way, wasn't it? I can, re- you know, one of the major, one of, I can remember <clears throat> when I was a kid, especially in grade school, I was kind of still really enchanted by the idea of the priesthood. But um, my, I did have a bit of a struggle with, well, what kind? Because in those days, we'd always have visiting priests who would come in. I can remember the Mary Nollers came in. They had a seminary not far from the parish, and they'd talk about the foreign missions. I was captivated by that. I remember the uh, Passionists came in. Oh, my. The Jesuits, the Dominicans, the Divine Word, I remember coming in. All these priests would come in and kind of make presentations about their, uh, and I was fascinated by that. Especially, oh my, I think, dear Lord, you want me to be a priest, but uh, I wonder what kind, because I kind of enjoyed studying. I did pretty well in school, so I thought, well, I wouldn't mind teaching. Missionary work appealed to me. Who knows? But I can still remember in, uh, it, it was in fifth grade, and Sister Mary Bosco, who had a tremendous impact on me, she said, now, Timmy, you want to be a priest, but what kind? And I kind of not thought about it. And I said, well, I, I just want to be a priest like Father Callahan, mm. who was the pastor. Isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, he, and he would take us on communion calls. He would take oh, us really? to the seminary. We'd go with him after serving. Uh, he'd say, come on, go on communion calls with me. Well, we loved it because yeah. you'd miss some school. <laughs> <clears throat> and we'd go around and we'd, we'd go into, you know, in a six or seven communion calls and watch him, how gentle he was with the sick anointing them, bring them Holy Communion. I can remember going with Father Shilley one Christmas Eve morning to the a nursing home in Baldwin that was a real trash can. Mm-hmm. That was before any of the... I can remember going in with him and one of his communion calls had fallen out of bed. She was on the floor in her own urine. And I can remember Father Shilley, here he's ca- carrying the Blessed Sacrament. He says, come on, Tim, help me pick her up. We put her in, well, first of all, he changed the sheets. Oh, wow. He changed her clothes. He washed her up, and then he gave her Holy Communion. Now, when you see that, you're kind of saying, wow, I wouldn't mind doing that. Because, you know what, Father George and Father Mike, here's part of this that you laugh at. Some of the things that attracted me to the priesthood, I giggle at now. So let me ask you this. In our neighborhood, who do you think were the two guys that drove the nicest cars? Father Callahan and Father Schroeder. Yeah. <laughs> what house do you think is the first one I ever remember that had central air conditioning? The rectory. The rectory. What house do you think was the first time I'd ever seen a color TV? The rectory. So I have to admit, though, it's just like a, a married couple looking back and saying, hey, there were kind of things like I look back now and giggle, like your perfume or your, <laughs> your legs or whatever. But um, those were little in, enticements. 
But what I say is I quickly learned that was far from the essence of the priesthood. When I saw Father Shilly pick up that lady, when I heard Father Callahan speak about he was a chaplain in the Second World War, and when I would hear him tell stories about the war, about the men men he had anointed and been with when we died, about when, when he was in the Battle of the Bulge and as they crossed and they said, it was Sunday, and they said, Father, can we have Mass? And he said, yeah, let's go over to this snow-covered log, and we'll set up for Mass. And when they brushed the snow off, it was a frozen dead soldier. Oh, my. When I heard stories like that, I thought, my, oh, my, this is tremendous. So I don't know if I'm making any sense here, but keep in mind, and then the older I got, the more the more you'd get a little bit more, wouldn't you? Intellectual and spiritual in begin. And I could remember maybe doing that on retreats in the seminary. I'd say, you know what, Lord, this is getting kind of serious. Boy, here I am now 18 going to college seminary and I just broke up with my girlfriend and, um, you know, I'm kind of serious about this. I better really start talking to you more in prayer. I better start listening to you more. I better start really, uh, really loving the mass instead of just going out of routine. So there was, I better start reading about it. I better start talking to the other guys about it. I better start talking about this guy who I have as a spiritual director about it. So that was more the seriousness where you begin to hone it. And that was all the grace of God, right? He was he, he's luring us. He, he, always spring, he always speaks in whispers, never shouts. He never punches us in the stomach. He taps us on the back. And to be able to discern those gentle nudges is very, very important. Interesting, too. So, so this is when I'd be in Rome. And I can remember it was February my first year, and I was desperately homesick was exam time. The exams were very, you know, we were scared to death. They were in Italian. We thought, oh my God, some of them were in Latin. I was kind of, I was homesick. I had just gotten word from one, uh, an old girlfriend that she was getting married. And I said to my spiritual director, Father Bill Ward, I finally went in and took a deep breath and I said, Father, I'm thinking of leaving the seminary. Now, my hunch was he was going to talk like a Dutch uncle and try to talk me out of it. Hmm. And he said to me, oh, good. Why don't you? He said, the purpose of a seminary is to help you be precise in your vocation. So you need to have the freedom to do that. So hmm. go ahead. Can I help you? Or do you want to talk about it? Well, then I got kind of thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> Well, I thought he was going to try to talk me out of it. I started thinking, do I really want to? And that began great mm -hmm. discernment. And afterwards, <clears throat> this is like, you know, after six more months or so of talking about that, I said, Father, you realize that was an actual grace when you said to me, why don't you? And he said to me, Tim, if we don't have the freedom to leave the seminary, we don't have the freedom to stay and to choose the priesthood freely, deliberately, or to acknowledge that God wants me to serve him and his church. Mm -hmm. When later on, when I was rector of the North American College, when I would interview the new men, I would often ask them, why do you want to be a priest? And I was always moved when a guy would say to me, 
and word must have gotten around that Dolan wants to hear this answer because it got more and more <laughs> frequent. When they would say to me, well, you know, uh, Monsignor, <clears throat> I kind of want to be a priest because I, I got a pretty strong hunch. That's what God wants me to do. And I was raised that the purpose of life is to obey God's will. And I've kind of discerned that this is, this is his will for me. And other people have helped me discern this. So I'm kind of at peace being where I'm at. I thought, bingo, that is extraordinarily priceless information. So that's sort of the story. I hope it's not boring. Wake up, folks, no, if you're listening. No, so. <laughs> thank you so much for, for sharing that. It's beautiful to hear your, your witness to the power, especially those priests in your life. Yes. And um, that gave me the wisdom of what we're doing now in our vocation initiative. Right. Um, so, cause see, what do we got now, fellas? See, so what you might, when I grew up, so I'm, I'm 71 when I'm talking to you all. So, and I was born in 50. So an intact, coherent, stable neighborhood, family life and parish was a given in Catholic life. It's not anymore with some great exceptions. Thanks right. be to God. But now we got people moving all the time. We got fractured families. We got parishes that are more expansive now. We got parishes where there's only one priest. So I worry sometimes that what lured me, the experience of the parish and the priests, might not be as available today. Right. And that's why that's why we got to work on that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Your Eminence. So we'll take just a, a brief break here, and we'll be right back for uh, just a little bit more with His Eminence, Cardinal Dolan. You're listening to Casting the Net, a New York Priest podcast. Let's take a moment now and offer a Hail Mary, calling on our Blessed Mother's powerful intercession for all of our priests, deceased priests, and future priests. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now back to Casting the Net. We're back. Thanks again for, for sticking with us. And we're here with Cardinal Dolan and Father George Sears and myself, Father Michael Connolly. Cardinal Dolan has just shared with us a little bit about uh, how the Lord had spoken to him, how the Lord had called him to the priesthood. Um, Your Eminence, I want to take the opportunity, if I might, just to share with you one little bit of my own story and perhaps, you know, another time on another episode, I'll share hey, a little more. You get your own part. I, this is my half hour. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think you'll like it though. And, and I'm not just saying it because I want a job because you already gave me that. But um, when I was, one of the moments that I was discerning more seriously and trying to listen more closely to what God wanted me to do, um, I was a student at Fordham University and there was going to be this great event on campus, <coughs> the Cardinal and Colbert. Oh, I remember it well. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I remember standing in line to get my ticket and all, and um, everyone, the buzz was, are you going to go see Colbert? Are you going to go see Colbert? And for some reason, I really didn't care about him. I was excited. Wow, Cardinal Dolan is coming to school, you know, and um, 
<clears throat> no, Thank you. no offense. That didn't really make a whole lot of sense at that time. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, but I was so excited. And so we get there and it's in the McGinley Center at Fordham and, and the Bronx, the Rose Hill jammed, campus. I remember, and yeah. It sure was. And, and I knew such... they hadn't come to see me. I was hoping I could. Well, so the security was so tight and all and understandably so, you know, and, um, but somehow I managed to squeak out of the gym for a moment to go admittedly use the little boy's room. And so probably shouldn't even have been able to get out, but I did. And there I am in the lobby, the McGinley center. And I happened to look over and there you are coming down the steps. Uh And it was just this kind of one moment where it felt like we were the only two there on campus Uh and i felt like a ton of bricks this sensation you know it was and and i knew immediately that it was your joy which was the theme of of the evening wasn't it right it was sense of humor joy yeah the role of humor in, Uh in the catholic faith and um it was a time when as a college student you know you kind of uh, go through so much in a short amount of time and just broken up with a girlfriend and it was kind of figuring out what does God want me to do here? And then there you are with this palpable joy. And I, I knew pretty quickly it was your priesthood that gave you that joy. So that was one of those moments that really encouraged me to to pursue that. And, wow. Um, thank you, so, Father Michael, that I had a little part in your own discernment. So thanks, for, a lot to me. thanks for coming to Fordham. I remember <laughs> that. And uh, <clears throat> that's interesting because the whole joy aspect. I've often thought Pope Francis is big on this too, that uh, he's always speaking about, we will win people over by our love and our joy. Mm. We can talk to them about the faith later because they will want to know where the joy and the love comes from. And that's when you can bring in Jesus and the faith and the church. But if we, if we get them by the joy and our love, and it is a beautiful saying, joy yeah. is the infallible sign of God's presence. Yeah. And that night, will you remember? So Stephen Colbert, who has made his living off laughs, right? he speculated, he said, you know, joy comes from hope, the theological virtue of hope. He's an educated Catholic layman. Joy comes from hope, he said, because Thomas Aquinas says, St. Thomas Aquinas claims that if we have hope, we know that St. Paul promised that everything will work out for the good of those who believe and that God is in charge. And he said, so we will always be able to laugh even in moments of tears. And he, can you remember the story he told? I think he was the youngest of eight children and his father was killed. His father was a physician and was mm. killed in a plane crash. And he said, it was obviously traumatic for me. He said, here I am, a seven or eight-year boy. My father was killed. And he said, I was really angry because in the hearse on the way back, my mom and my brothers and sisters were there. And they were laughing. They were telling stories about dad. Mm. They were reflecting on dad. And they were smiling about it. They were laughing. And she kind of got mad. And he said, how can they laugh? My father's just been killed, and this is sad. We should be crying. We should be angry. But they said, it dawned on me at that time, well, maybe they're able to laugh because they believe my father's not dead, that he's still alive Mm -hmm. with God. I thought that was downright profound. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I do worry, Father George and Father Michael, 
with all the, because let's face it, so the priesthood can be a demanding life. The priesthood can have its burdens. And let's face it, the church that we love is our bride, is it? she's the bride of Christ, and so she's our bride as well, is going through struggles and turmoil. So sometimes we can, we're tempted to lose a sense of joy. And I worry if that's one of the problems in attracting vocations, mm. especially among parents. Parents want their boys, their daughters as well, to be happy. If they sense the priests aren't happy, they don't want them to be one. right. They'd rather they'd rather him be a you know a, a cook at McDonald's and be smiling than be unhappy. So we priests want to be men of joy. I'm not talking about a superficial giggly joy. I'm a deep seated joy that is also able to cry and realistically admit the problems in this veil of tears. But never ever do we lose our sense of serenity and joy. That will attract because people will say, uh, I want some of that." I, I ain't got it. And that's precisely the, the reaction I had. I, uh -huh. I couldn't articulate yet what it was God was saying to me, but I knew that there was this emptiness in my heart. Uh -huh. And something about that evening said, well, he seems to have what I'm missing. Yeah. That's what I want. Way I to need go. to have that. Yeah. And, uh, now, and you know, remember the great Mother Teresa story when, uh, when a, a young man said, Mother... You got joy, I don't. How do I get joy? And she said, well, spell the word for me. He said, J-O-Y. She said, there's your answer. There's your priority in life. Jesus, others, and then last yourself. Mm -hmm. Then you'll have joy. Is that yeah. beautiful? Yeah. Yeah, J-O-Y, Jesus, others, and then and then yourself. Leave yeah. it to mother. Yeah. Now, I, by the way, Father George and, and Father Michael, I worry about that in the sacrament of matrimony. Because very often on TV and culture, marriage is depicted as an unhappy way of life. That's ridiculous. Right. You and I, as, as priests, know that we love being with married couples because they and their families. Um, but when marriage is depicted as, you know, leading to crabbiness and you lose your freedom and it's a burden and everybody's getting divorced and all, well, who wants to enter the sacrament of marriage? And of course, you and I know that if we have a plentiful vocations to lifelong, life-giving, sacramental marriage, we'll have vocations to the priesthood. That's, that's a big vocation. When you think about it, we got to put it in order. So our, the first vocation, of course, is to be a disciple of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in and with his Catholic Church. That vocation has given us in baptism, strengthened in confirmation, and fortified in the Eucharist. There's vocation number one that we all got. And then the other vocation, of course, is to marriage and family, mm -hmm. and then there's priesthood. And there's also that beautiful vocation to a consecrated single life, which we see more and more, don't we, mm -hmm. of people that might not choose priesthood or marriage, but do. I was just on, on Christmas Eve at, at lunch with a wonderful physician, who is so devoted to his people and all, and he's in his mid-60s, he's not married. And we've talked a lot. And he said, well, I had occasions, but he said, I would have to admit I kind of blew it because I was so involved in my work mm. that I didn't have time for the woman that I was kind of thinking, aha. But he's a wonderful, consecrated, faithful layman. So 
Now, I don't want to give people other options in this podcast. <laughs> we got to talk about the priesthoods. <laughs> and you know what? Right. We see that in religious women. So I just had in August the first profession of some of our wonderful Franciscan sisters of the renewal. Mm. And it was interesting because she had told me her parents and family weren't all that thrilled with the idea. But afterwards, when I sat at their table for lunch, they admitted that and they said, but boy, now we're, we're skipping, uh, we're, we're hopping happy because we see her so happy. Yeah. So, yeah. Can I, can I just say one, one, one thing about that? When I used to work at, at the seminary, uh, a big wound was that families, parents had, had real reservations about yeah. having their, their, you know, their sons <laughs> in seminary. But one of the things that, that really helped that is inviting the parents to come visit yes. the different events. And when they saw that their son was happy, when they saw that the other men were happy there, it was like a big relief. You know, there was a big I'm relief. With you, and George. it was such a it's such a great thing to experience. So, you know. I'm with you. So you would fortify my hunch that parents kind of want their kids to be happy. That's right. And we also got a bit of a problem now is sometimes parent, like, you know, I was talking about my mom and dad. They were they were joyful Catholic people. Again, they were hardly monks. They just, the Catholic faith was sort of just a, a gentle part of their life. Mm. And sometimes today we'll have families that have drifted from the faith. And sometimes a young man will rediscover the faith or be, Jesus will magnet them to it when they're teenagers or adults. And sometimes a family is saying, what got into him? You know, we, we haven't been to church since his first communion. What's going on here? Uh, so that can be another problem. But you are right. Once again, if they see happy, joyful people, they're going to say, bring me on. Right. And many times they'll return then, won't they? Yeah, we used to have, when I was a rector of the North American College in Rome, the guys weren't ordained priests in Rome. They would go home to be, or, but so diaconate was a biggie. And we get a lot of families come over. And the night before we had, for the families, well, we had a, 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 a nice meal. And then we had a holy hour. And during the holy hour, we had pre-searing confessions. Mm. And the number of families that would return <coughs> that would say, you know, wow, they kind of came back to yeah. the faith. You know? Beautiful. Yeah. Well, Eminence, thank you so much. Before, before we close, um, I just have one more question. If you would share... Imagine now I've been ordained. You were there, <laughs> but imagine, but I was. imagine I'm, <clears throat> I'm a young man who's, who's thinking about this and um, I've come to you to say, uh, I think God might want to, uh, might want me to be a priest. What advice can you give me? What do you say? Well, I would say to them, thanks for telling me and young man, take it seriously. Uh, that comes from the Lord. Jesus is, is putting that thought, that inclination in your heart and soul, and you need to take it seriously. You may decide, uh oh, I don't think it's valid, but we need to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm here to help you if you want, and I'll point you to priests who can help you as well. But I said, you, you need to know that uh, it, you need to take this attraction to the priesthood seriously, because the priesthood is a life of excitement and joy and service and love and closeness to Jesus in this life 
and an eternity with him afterwards. Mm. And if you get a better offer, young man, take it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You've heard that before. That came from, why can't I remember him? A great Jesuit priest who was a spiritual director in Rome. And I forget his name now, sadly, because he deserves the credit here. But I love that. Uh, and I, I will often say, this comes from our friend Cardellette O'Brien. He used to say when a young man with Sam, really questioning whether or not I might want to serve Jesus in his church as a priest, Cardinal O'Brien would say, remove the question mark and put an exclamation part hmm. of, uh, mark in, in place. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your, your your time, your your words, and your encouragement and, and prayers. Good to be with you. Um, as we close now, might I just ask you, Your Eminence, would you would you please give us your blessing? I'd be honored, and I I, I ask it to come uh, through the apostles, through the apostles, and people out there listening, um, think back on God's holy word in the gospel in the Bible when Jesus called us first. Apostles. They were just sort of uh, fascinated by him. They watched him. They wondered who he was. They wondered where he lived. They were fascinated and intrigued. They didn't have all the answers yet, but they thought, boy, this guy seems to have answers that I haven't even thought of. And that's when he said, come, come and see, come and see. So I asked through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, and St. Joseph and those apostles, that Almighty God will bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise be Jesus Christ, now, now, and, now forever. and forever. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Casting the Net podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you please like it, which will help us to reach more of God's people. Also, subscribe to this podcast, and you'll be updated every time we publish a new episode. Would you also please pray? Pray for your priests, those in your parish, those in our great archdiocese, and those throughout the Church Universal. Pray also for more priests, that those young men whom God is calling to this glorious vocation, a share in the priesthood of Jesus Christ, might courageously and generously say yes. And finally, if you're a young man listening to this podcast who thinks that God just might be calling you to the priesthood, reach out to your parish priest. Find us online at nypriest.com, on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and pray that God will give you the grace to say yes to your vocation. May God bless you.